Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Tune Podcast. The goal of my show is to create valuable content to broaden your knowledge, inspire you, and get you in the right mindset so that you can apply it in your own life to drive impact, generate meaning, and achieve your purpose. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Tune Podcast. My name is Kong Shang, and I am the host of the Purpose Tune Podcast. The goal of my show is to create valuable content to broaden your knowledge, inspire you to act, and get you in the right mindset so you can apply it in your own life to drive impact, generate meaning, and achieve your purpose. Now, I'm very excited about today's episode's guest. Um, my guest is uh, Dr. Michael Han. Uh, she is the Vice President of Strategic Initiatives and Founding Dean um, Morrison Family College of Health at the University of St. Thomas. The University of St. Thomas is the largest private university in Minnesota. Um, prior to that, she was a former president and CEO at Wilder Foundation, where she spent 10 years in this top role, leading the organization through transformational changes to improve relevancy and impact. And I'm just so excited to have you on, uh, Michael. And let's check in. How, how are you doing today? Um, I'm doing fine. It's been a busy morning, and now I'm just a this is a great conversation to have and it's what my life has been about so this should be really fun right I I, I love that and you know I'm, I'm very intentful in terms of uh the people I write I invite to my show um people who I know and I see have lead by example um and they're always on this um journey uh, purposeful leadership and when I think about purposeful leadership I often think about you and so often some of the other folks that have changed my life. Um, so let's start there. What's your definition of purpose? Well, um, I like to tell people that purpose comes from actually uh, being in community with others. In mm -hmm. other words, you can't find it by sitting in a room by yourself. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it requires action. And I, I um, for me, that, that action that's, uh, really driven me all my life in terms of my values and what I want to do is really uh, working to improve the lives of others. And um, primarily, I love uh, my purpose-driven life has always been about uh, delivering oxygen. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people ask, well, what is that? A um, number of years ago, I actually went through a, a leadership program. Um, Bill George, who's former CEO of Medtronic, um, wrote a book called Discover Your True North. And he was piloting this with uh, nonprofit directors and community leaders. So I thought, okay, I'll sign up. And one of our assignments to, was to actually write our purpose statement. And my purpose statement was uh, to deliver oxygen. Why oxygen? Because I love people and uh, oxygen is required to live. So the intersection in my life has always been um, delivering oxygen to people uh, who have no hope left. Um, I, I love that process of delivering um, and inspiring uh, hope and opportunity when uh, people are looking around and are at their wits end. Um, I hope to be um, not always the guiding light, but an inspiration for others so that they know that um, they're not alone and that they can do whatever it is that they want to do. Um, and that they will finish whatever it is that they start. Mm -hmm. um, so 
I made a pact with myself in my 20s. I decided that um, if I was going to live, I was going to actually do whatever I wanted. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm someone who has lived my uh, passion through my jobs and my service, and even through my family uh, in a way that uh, brings optimism and hope to others. And it's contagious, right? When you're that kind of person, um, you just accept people for who they are and you love them for what they have without judgment. It turns out that that's a really uh, difficult skill to have in the workplace and elsewhere. And so purpose means um, to me that you're very intentional about what you're doing, how you're doing it, who you're doing it with. Um, and uh, even, even sometimes how you're thinking and judging. Um, so I've made a life out of really being a bridge um, to communities and people who uh, are disenfranchised, disadvantaged in some way. Um, and it's, it's amazing, you know, like from CEOs to people who are homeless and on the streets to maybe public policy students who wonder why they even went into, into the first place. Um, there's been a lot of joy in giving back and um, just listening and offering wisdom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing um, about what that means to you. Um, how do you inspire people to tap into their purpose because what I'm hearing from you is that it takes a lot of courage to be who you are in this world that wants you to be someone else. Yeah, so I was a kid who grew up um, in poverty as a as a refugee child and being a Hmong girl growing up in, in St. Paul in the 80s, there wasn't a lot of support for um, girls to actually become educated in the Hmong community and because the community was poor um, and also lacked its own resources, um, I had to make use out of what I had. And, you know, sometimes that was cooking one egg to share with four, four other siblings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so um, when you live a hard life, especially as a child, uh, you tend to be very grateful as an adult for what you have. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think a lot about my uh, early childhood, um, just growing up being a teenager, um, being stigmatized and discriminated against, um, thinking that the journey from, um, from Laos, being born in Laos, uh, coming here and then finishing college is the most difficult journey I'll ever have in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and also the most worthy journey. And so um, what helped me through that time and what I've seen now professionally through um, literally now 20, 27, 28 years of professional work is that people um, uh, all want to feel important. Mm -hmm. They all want to feel significant and seen. They all want to be thought of as uh, unique and um, uh, worthy human beings. And, uh, you know, even though I'm not like, uh, uh, I'm a spiritual person, even though I'm not a pastor, I'm kind of <laughs> close, right? I've had pastors work for me. <laughs> But um, I think that uh, when you love what you're doing completely and you embrace fully anyone who's in front of you, that tends to inspire them. So I'm the kind of person who um, sometimes when I first meet people, uh, because I, I understand um, what it means to not have enough or not to feel like you're enough, mm -hmm. um, people often uh, just feel comfortable telling me 
their entire life story, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like, you know, without constraints. Um, so I think I would say it's, it's empathy is inspiring, um, listening to people, um, uh, just, you know, sitting quietly, um, giving people um, what they want and what they need. And a lot of times people don't know what they want and need. Mm-hmm. And that's okay too. And it turns out that we live in, um, you know, either a very materialistic society or a society that judges too instantaneously. And mm-hmm. so um, withholding judgment and uh, just just being with people is very inspiring for them and listening to them. So it's always about the other person for me. Um, and uh, at times, you know, because this is just what you have to do in the work world or in your career, it has to be about you because you're the leader who's making decisions. That's, that's when it can be about you because you're actually um, taking that burden of accountability away from the people you supervise or, you know, the issues that you're overseeing. But to the extent that I can in, in my career, I've always let people have a choice. You know, it, they get to make that decision. And if they don't want to have that choice and make it, then I get to make it. But that's, that's very rare. You know, I like to actually uh, guide and um, supervise and manage through consensus. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that turns out to be also better for everyone and to create a very inclusive culture mm-hmm. um, and also to create a very powerful organization, right? Because that's what I've done is I've run multi-million dollar organizations since the age of hmm, 27. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're, you're quite an inspiration to a lot of members in the community and myself included. Um, what was it about this gift that you had that really you've tapped into to empower yourself to be a role model to people? Yeah, well, I think it's really important for people to know, um, you know, just that uh, how you arrive and how people see you today isn't how how you grew up or what you were um, as as you were moving throughout your your life or career. In other words, the people I've met along the way who have inspired me. Um, the, uh, and a lot of those have been clients uh, that we've served. I, you know, kids that I got out of gangs, right? <laughs> when I was in my twenties, you know, doing, doing gang intervention work in yeah. Frogtown. Um, yeah, I mean, I was like five foot, I don't know, five, I'm still five foot one. I think I'm shrinking, <laughs> five foot one, you know, like tell. 105 <laughs> pounds or something. Mm-hmm you know, working in, in like, uh, you know, some of the most gang-ridden neighborhoods. Um, but I think, I think that, you know, the collective set of people whose lives have um, been improved or people that I've surrounded myself with have really helped make me who I am. So, you know, I was like a, kind of like a rebellious militaristic person in my twenties. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I was out there with a megaphone, like really like an actual megaphone um, (laughs) doing direct advocacy. Um, I remember being up at the legislature and calling out Hmong men who had more than one wife and, you know, people were all angry at me in the Hmong community. And I had hate letters written to my, my work and things. So, so these, I call these character building experiences, you know, where you kind of learn how to soften um, over time. And, and, you know, I think one of the funny things now, of course, um, is, uh, looking back at that time, I was inspiring all the way. And I think 
I don't know if it was a gift. I mean, I think it was, I, it was more like a curse in, in a lot of ways, in, especially when I was younger, because people would be like, well, you're this young Hmong woman. We don't know why you're like getting hundreds of people to train out at like Lake Phelan, you know, for, <laughs> for, <laughs> for some community organizing event or, you know, I'd go and meet with legislators and I'd actually convince them to do stuff. And, and, you know, people were really mad at me. Um, so I, I think, I think that um, um, if, if I really look deep inside, um, it's, it's really just because I have a deep sense of justice uh, and uh, I truly do love all human beings and I never want to leave anyone behind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's because I've been left behind. And also I've seen a lot of people in the community that have been left behind and I don't want to wish that on anyone. And so um, because I have all this uh, privilege now, education, opportunity, um, you know, I, I, I make a comfortable living. Um, I just think, well, what's the point of all this? If I don't have, if I have all this material wealth, all this knowledge, all this power, mm-hmm. um, it's really meaningless if I don't use it to make a difference for others. And it's because of my sense of personhood and my, um, my love of humanity. That's mm-hmm. my gift. <laughs> I love humanity. (laughs) Yeah. I love humanity. Even the really, you know, kind of like scary ones, like people, people, (laughs) people just don't get it. I mean, when I was 18, like after high school, I I had to work because I knew I was going to go to college because I'd gotten into Brown university, but I didn't have any money for my plane ticket. I had to work all the time. So uh, on a senior project in high school, um, I, I, had, I had to do an observational paper and I went to this um, group home for people with disabilities to do an observation. I wrote a paper and I thought, well, you know, this seemed like an interesting place. I'll, I'll go and work there. It was uh, a care facility at 16 um, adults with disabilities. Some of them have mental health issues too. And uh, I, I worked there all summer. Um, uh, and some people would maybe be scared off by that kind of experience. Um, I, I actually, the first day I worked there because I was, you know, again, 105 pounds, five foot one, lifting uh, people who were maybe like, you know, one and a half times my weight and size, um, doing toileting and, and brushing people's teeth. Um, I did throw up after the first day because I had never helped anyone with toileting before. Mm. And I called the social worker and I said, I can't come back. And she said, yes, you can, you can, you can, you do it. Just, just come back. And so, because I hadn't really lined up a different job, I decided to go back and try it again. And um, what ended up happening to me was I realized that, that um, I was the kind of person who could love people who had nothing. Like mm-hmm. they, they couldn't even be fully present. Um, they, they couldn't really fully interact with me mm-hmm. and I still loved them. Mm-hmm. And so and, and not a lot of people can do that kind of work. Um, but yeah, I, I'm still like that. Um, so I have so many stories of, of being in places where, you know, professionals who wear suits like I do now, right, are so scared, right? But I was like, whatever, <laughs> I don't care. Bring it You're on. Still, you know? <laughs> well, it ties back to your North Star, right? That's who you are. That's your purpose. That's what makes you distinctively unique. And that's how you drive impact in people's lives is your ability to love them no matter what stage in their life. Um, You know, I think a lot of people are still in various stages in their life. Like I struggle with, like I I also, so I work in the the people business, HR, and Mm -hmm. 
part of that being good at what you do is you have to love people. You have to love their, their, their strength and weaknesses. And, but there comes a point where you have to draw a line and mm-hmm. um, where do you find that boundary? Yeah, well, um, it's, it's different boundaries with different people, uh, mm-hmm. different groups over time. Um, so it depends on if it's a work situation or a home situation, or um, if it's just kind of your inner situation. Um, but I'm a very reflective person. And so whenever I make a mistake or I've crossed a boundary or you know, I've, I've done something that I don't really think is, uh, makes me uncomfortable. Usually it's something that makes me very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I try not to do it again. Mm-hmm. Like I, I make that decision consciously um, to never think that about myself again or to never do that again. Um, as a leader, as a supervisor, as a wife, you know, <laughs> as a mm-hmm. mom, I just uh, always give myself that opportunity for um, self-correction. And so, so the boundaries are your values mm-hmm. and how you consistently um, show up with your behaviors. Your behaviors are not aligned with those values and you don't like yourself or you don't like the situation, mm-hmm. um, then you, you have an opportunity to change it. And it turns out that a lot of people in the world, um, they, they move through these negative patterns and they say they want to live a purpose-driven life, but they're really not acting that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try not to act against those. And so my boundaries for myself are um, about generosity, mm-hmm. um, about um, never a handout or thinking that people are trying to take something from me without a hand up. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got a really deep value around um, education and sharing knowledge, you know, which is what brought me to the University of St. Thomas to create this new college. Um, yeah, and, and so I, I think that um, every person has their own boundaries uh, for their lives. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and I, like I, I was thinking about a time when I act um, not in accordance with my values. Um, and uh, it didn't feel good, right? Like I used to think, oh, I'm a generous person, except um, I was generous with my time, but I was never generous with my financial resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's because I, I, I came out of poverty, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't hit 200% of poverty until the, the 10th grade mm-hmm. when I went from free to reduced lunch. So I, I was, I, I'd had a life of never having enough. And then I had enough, but I didn't want to give any away. And mm-hmm. um, I had a talk with myself and I decided I was going to change. And so I did. Um, yeah. So now, now I'm, I'm much more financially generous than before, mm-hmm. but you can't only be generous with your words um, because sometimes, you know, you need to be generous with your other resources. So, yeah, so there's self-correction, but you decide and, and you have the ability to develop those corridors uh, for yourself and nobody can tell you what, what some of those are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nobody can tell you. Right. It seems like it's a, a self-discovery process and you know yourself more than anyone else. So it takes reflection to uh, see for yourself what makes you feel more comfortable and then act upon those steps. Yeah, to, right. To exactly. So, so like, yes, I've worked with people who are coming um, out of homelessness, women who've been battered. Um, kids who are coming out and their parents throw them out. They, they don't have a place to live, you know, they're rejected by society. 
and I've also like worked with people who are very wealthy, like people who mm. are multimillionaires and they still don't think they have enough mm. because they haven't, they haven't thought for themselves, who am I competing against? Who am I, who am I, who am I in the world? And it's like, mm. you know, really the data says if you make about 64, $65,000 a year with a family of four, you're kind of okay. <laughs> Everything else is just icing on the cake. Right. <laughs> At least here in Minnesota, that's the statistic here. Average median income for a family of four where you can actually make your basic needs meet. Yeah, it's a lot less than most people think. Mm -hmm. And so it turns out that when you boil everything down, um, a lot of what we create for ourselves um, uh, by way of friendships or, you know, um, careers or whatever, I mean, we've kind of, those are self-imposed um, constraints mm -hmm. that, that, that get us away from a purposeful life. And um, I'm not having that. That's just not mm -hmm. who I am. And I've never been that way. Mm -hmm. um, so it makes me, you know, tends to make for a happy person, right? You're, and right. it's not, um, it's not, it's not like the whole minimalist movement that's out here now. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like, oh no, no, I like my comfy things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I think yeah, that there's yeah. no, there's no shame in, you know, celebrating our accomplishment and, and the things that uh, we, we owe it to ourselves. you know, things that we deserve in our life at the same yeah. time, having that perspective of um you know of boundaries and what is too much and tying it back to your point about the the you know the, the concept of fulfillment right i mean the folks that are multimillionaires that are wealthy still feel like they don't have enough um you know i see that there's opportunities for for either a mindset shift or um just um opportunities for reflection and being grateful. Um, yeah. I think gratitude plays a huge part in our happiness. Yeah. And if we could step back, like you're saying, reflect on, you know, the, uh, our possessions and just think about uh, what we have that maybe perhaps, you know, folks in the world in different parts of the world don't have. I think that we, we tend to be more grateful because of, um, you know, of those differences. Well, yeah, and I think I think it's um, you know like it's not really just about financial resources. It can also be about the projection of your ego and yourself, right? Um, in relation to others, like I know people who are unhappy because they're um, they want to be farther in their career because they're in their forties, or um, they wished for um, they wish they were skinnier. <laughs> and mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's like there's nothing wrong with that. But when you make when you make those things um, the source of comparison. Um, you're always comparing yourself um, to things that other people value, and maybe you you think you value too. But but like comparison to me is a is a negative road, mm -hmm. um, and uh, it 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 leads to discontent and dissatisfaction. And so mm -hmm. I try not to do that um, because if if you do that and you speak that way as well, um, and you know, by the way, being Hmong, this is how I was parented. Like my parents always compared us to others, which is probably why I hate it. But, and there's nothing wrong with like being competitive, but when you can constantly compare what you've achieved with what someone else has achieved, um, you know, everybody's in their own time zone and in their, um, I, I call it like their, <laughs> their set of constraints in their lives. Mm -hmm. um, and you're never going to be like, this person or that person um you're never going to achieve like 
you know, like the way that your next door neighbor is achieving. So the only way to make all this spinning stop so that you're not happy with your life is to say, you know, I need to be grateful for what I have and I need to um, uh, also do the most of I can, but but not not be worried about, you know, what society is telling me is is important or what even I even what you yourself are telling you sometimes is is really important because we're we can be our our best allies and also our worst critics right mm, right <laughs> yeah. yeah so so how do you move away from this uh self-critic mindset like how do you how do you how do you how do you I guess develop behaviors or thought patterns to ensure that you know you are important, that you are powerful, that you are enough, that you are living this you know purpose-driven life. You know that people need you, because there's I, I you know I've 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 met a lot of people in my life um, you know, on a social level and a professional level, and and there's you know there can be some pretty toxic people out there um, in terms of just. The way how they they view themselves uh, in a negative way, mm-hmm. how they create drama to um, to get them, you know, to feed into the ego. Like, how do you how do you deal with all of that? Um, you know, to then say, look, like I am a person of value. I believe I'm important and powerful, and and I'm going to show up that way. Yeah. Well. I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt who said, no one can make you feel inferior but yourself. Mm. So <laughs> now why, why did she say that as the first lady? Um, yeah, well, because um, uh, psychologically, we give that power away to other people um, so that they can make us feel small. And mm. as long as you don't do that, you're gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. yeah, so don't, yeah. Don't surround yourself with people who um, who make you feel small, right. and don't don't make yourself feel small. Um, I guess the other thing I, I think about a lot is um, every every human being is unique, and and uh, I'm a unique human being. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody understands us better than we ourselves do, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, nobody has a right to tell us who we are and what our personalities are. Um, uh, because we get to change if we want to. And so um, surround yourself with nutritious people. Um, mm-hmm. Don't give your power away. Um, don't make people feel, make you feel small. Um, and uh, try your best. And if you've done your best, then that's good enough. Oh, that's, that's so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it really warms up my heart. It's, uh, it's yeah. this is powerful stuff. I mean, I know people out there that can, that, that need this, that need to hear this and they're probably struggling and they have a lack of, um, you know, direction or guidance and they're looking for inspiration and resource. And I hope that yeah. this show will, will, will get some ideas um, into their head and um, yeah. so that they can take action and improve on their life. Yeah, well, and and people are imperfect, and you are imperfect, and I am imperfect, and the only perfect being is God, right? I mean, so so unless we think we're God, we're not going to be perfect, and that (laughs) means that self-acceptance and and not allowing others to diminish our our value Mm -hmm. um, 
regardless of what society says, is really important. I mean, I, I think a lot about um, communities of color, uh, GLBT, the GLBTQI plus communities, um, children, you know, people who often don't have voice. I mean, I, I think, you know, and like, I, I think about young people, right, who aren't fully emancipated, who are living in very difficult situations mm-hmm. um, because they're children, they don't have the kind of power that we should give them mm-hmm. to um, have a, a safe, um, and productive life as a little person. Right. So, so the, those of us who are allies have to stand up for them. Um, but you know, like the um, the human condition is never static, and so um, I, I think that we have a lot of negative messages in our modern worlds, um, in our society, uh, that will make us feel worthless. And if we fall victim to that, and this especially right now, if you look at the racism that we're experiencing in society um, so openly and the, the climate of hate, um, it's, it's not okay. And so those counteracting forces have to be both internal and also external messages that we give to all these different populations. And you know the, the message that we have to give and that people of privilege like myself you know, economically have is, is uh, you know, and who can speak English. I mean, I, my, I grew up with parents who spoke very little English. Um, it's it's the you know you don't think you're that powerful um but it's because you haven't really tried also you Mm -hmm. can be very powerful if you want to be um the question is are you courageous enough to um to do it like like Mm -hmm. this podcast that you have i mean what what's nothing's preventing us from doing these things you know Mm -hmm. um and if we want to do them we can (laughs) just focus on it right exactly again it's we can be our, our our you know our most self critic critical person, uh, but also our greatest advocate too. Yep. Uh, and I don't know who said this quote, but you know, if, if you want to be great, you surround yourself with the greats and they too will make you feel like you're great. Uh-huh. But that uh, quote is, is, is pretty powerful. It's, uh-huh. I think one of the success habits, um, you know, that I have is that I have this ability to um, connect with people who are wiser than me that are more mature um maybe perhaps i'm an old soul i don't know but you know i'm able to surround myself with these folks who've served as inspiration to me um which is why i'm you know in my career and in, in professional career and and in social life I'm, I'm i'm where i am today is because of these folks who provided guidance and in, 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 um, wisdom and expertise um, Speaking of success habits, what are some of your success habits? Um, well, I don't know if they're success habits. <laughs> <laughs> they're just habits. <laughs> well, I, I guess, I guess uh, maybe maybe one of them is just um, uh, taking care of my uh, physical and mental health. Um, and well, I guess spirit, spiritual, physical, mental, and social health. Mm. So I do it very intentionally. Um, and, uh, you know, some people do kind of the physical, but they don't do the social or the spiritual or mm. um, the mental. And I, I try to hit all four mm. for myself because I'm in a helping, I've always been in like this, these helping professions and, mm-hmm. and um, there's, a, there's a lot of trauma uh, mm. in the work that I've done over the years. Um, so self-care and on all those dimensions, um, is really important. Um, so that's that's a habit. 
a success habit. Um, I read a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I don't uh, wait for other people to, um, to tell me what to do. Uh, I grew up in a very um, proactive family. And so taking initiative and being proactive for my own um, learning and all the decisions I make, that's just been ingrained inside of me. Um, I think that's a success habit because, you know, I, I talked to a lot of people who at work or otherwise, they're kind of waiting for some big opportunity to come, mm. but they've right. done nothing to prepare for it. <laughs> <laughs> like it's my employer. I mean, you work in HR. My employer is supposed to give me all these training dollars. I'm like, good luck. Your employer is trying to get work done. They're not, it's like they can be invested in you. And a lot of employers are, but they're not they're not responsible for your nourishment and growth. I mean, you have to be proactive about that. Mm -hmm. um, I guess, uh, I guess another success habit I have is just um, uh, believing, believing always in any room that uh, there's more collective wisdom from all parties than just my wisdom. Mm -hmm. um, unless I'm acting as the boss and I have to make a hard decision. Mm -hmm. um, uh, one of the habits for me is always make sure that I listen to every single perspective. Mm -hmm. I understand every single argument. Um, e you know, even if I don't agree with the person across from me, um, it's, it's always about the good of the whole, um, never my good, never just what one person wants. And so that tends to get me through very difficult decisions, mm -hmm. um, knowing, knowing how to do that. Um, and then I, I guess, you know, the other, Maybe, maybe uh, I don't know if it's really a success success habit or not. But you know, I grew up with this um, saying from my my parents that if you can't keep your own house clean, cleanly swept, or well ordered, then you had no business telling anybody else anything. Mm -hmm. And that 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 that's kind of like a habit around um, never being critical of uh, what other people are doing. Um, uh, you know because I haven't, I am, I'm not perfect yet, right? Like there's no, um, you, you, can't, you can't judge other families or other opportunities or other people. Like there's always gotta be humility in how you say things, um, either the feedback that you give or um, the work that you're doing or whatever. And, and so that um, sometimes like when I listen to younger Hmong people, they, 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 they think very like, they think it's very literal, right? Like it's like <laughs> like literally cleaning the house, and I'm like, no, 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 no. That that what that means is 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 um that you you should not be a harsh critic of others, and that you know if you're going to say something, you're gonna, going to give people feedback that you for sure need to have that lived experience, um and and a lot of times you can't have that lived experience, so be very careful about the words that you choose and mm. and how you deliver advice um, to others. It, it's really about advice giving. So I've made it a habit over the years to not give advice to people who aren't seeking it mm -hmm. um, and to give, um, to be generous with my time when people are seeking it. Mm -hmm. And I, I have to say, when I was younger, I, I was not very good at that success habit because, you know, here I was, graduate degree, you know, working in the community, I thought I knew a lot. Um, yeah, but it turned out that I was not very good at what I was doing. <laughs> Other people knew way more than I did. So, so that's, that's a success habit related to um, just withholding, um, you know, withholding judgment and giving feedback in a way that people can hear.
Right. Yeah, using my own experiences and never replacing my experience for someone else's. Mm -hmm. That that's powerful, and I, I I love that. I also believe that um, you know it, it it since you have a strong self awareness um, and you know where you can play your cards or where, how you show up depending on you know which room you're in and yeah. it takes an effective leader to to see all of that through and so the other mm -hmm. thing i wanted to mention too is it's it's this thing it's an inside out approach right like you know you gave an example about sweeping a house before you can go and give advice to other people leadership effective leadership is about leading from the inside out if you have worked in self mastered yourself then you can show up more effectively and help others. Yeah, um, effective leaders are better able to see themselves as as others do. Mm -hmm. um, in other words, they have a more um, accurate understanding of how they're presenting to the world. And it's because there's congruence between the inside and the outside. They're not pretending to be anything they're not. That's the easier way to say it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, So so like the best leaders I've met um, they are who they are, regardless whether they're talking to you or some Fortune 500 CEO or mm -hmm. someone else. It's not like they're they're changing themselves like a chameleon right. um, to meet um, to meet all the other audiences or whatever it might be. And so that, that consistency of uh, that congruence um, is really important. Um, and you know, and I, I, I think that that self-reflection and emotional intelligence is is a part of it, mm -hmm. but it's also just a lot of mistake making and experience over the years. Mm -hmm. um, in other words, kind of my comment earlier, who I am now as a more mature leader wasn't how I was when I started. There were many failures along the way, mm -hmm. and so what what I where I've seen people fail is, uh, and they they veer away from their core purpose or what they're wanting to do, it, it's because it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. Um, it's difficult to be a good person, to be the kind of person that you yourself can be proud of. And so you veer off that path because it's just easier to let it go. Um, and, uh, and if that's okay with you, then go ahead. But you know, usually doesn't lead to a very purpose-driven life mm -hmm. um, because the more, um, the more afraid you get, from where you think you should be, the more upset you get, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. And so that that's a dynamic that happens throughout your your lifetime. Um, yeah, and then you just make mistakes. I mean, and I've, had, I've been yelled at. People have sent hate mail. Let's see. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're doing you're, so you're doing something good. <laughs> oh yeah, but you know, like like I also tell people, you know, one of the things I've gotten used to in leadership is not everyone will like you. They mm -hmm. they will not like you. Um, and uh, if you're making progress, especially with community work, which is what I've done um, most of my life, uh, people are not gonna like you. Um, and you have to say, okay, well, I guess I'm okay not being liked. And I mean, I'm making progress and that's good enough for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there's this, you remind me of a quote, what well, you just said, remind me of a quote uh, of the men in their arena. Mm -hmm heard of it but uh, it's you know it's you know I'm only interested in people's feedback if they're in the same arena as me you know using right. their energy sweat blood and tear to uh -huh. 
to, you know, to do the same exact things that I'm doing. Otherwise, yeah. I'm not interested in their feedback. Yeah. And, right. <laughs> You're right. not qualified to give me feedback is usually kind of how it comes across. Yeah. Right. Um, exactly. Right. And goes, you know, and of course, this goes back to your earlier point about, you know, until you're able to take care of what's at home, you can't really give advice. But also, mm -hmm. uh, this this concept that I, I want to mention to you, um, it's the decency quotient, which is the idea that, you know, so it, it takes emotional intelligence and goes beyond that and says, okay, so um, if I'm supervising my employee, I have the ability to read him. And um, whether what I choose with that information is up to my decency quotient. Mm -hmm. And so, and I'm surprised that people in the psychology arena, people who are in the people business, aren't really talking about this quotient because it's important, right? Because if a leader has high emotional um, intelligence, it, that's that's great, but what do they choose to do with that information, you know, to use as good or bad is up to that person. And so yeah. um, I've certainly had, you know, good and bad bosses in my prof, you know, professional career, and some of them, you know, are ranked high on, on um, you know, emotional intelligence, but lack the, the, the decency to, to develop yeah. me, uh, to be the most effective person that I can be in my business. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, so my, my daughter went to college and she came home and she was like, mom, this is why it's so hard to be your daughter. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> she goes, well, I was studying all the different movements in America. And basically you taught us how to be transcendentalists. <laughs> <laughs> so transcendentalism was <laughs> a movement in new England. <laughs> oh my goodness. During the, during the, yeah. During the revolutionary <laughs> war. Actually, during during the uh, during the Civil War, oh, <laughs> during the Revolutionary War, kind of matured over the Civil War, um, and and it's just the belief that you know that our, our purpose as human beings is to continuously reflect and become better versions of ourselves, you know, and contributing to advancing the common good. So anyway, her her thing was it's so hard to be your daughter because, and I said, oh well, I've never thought about it that way, but but yes, I don't. I think that you know and. It kind of depends on which sector you're working in. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're we're talking about people who um, live and drive towards a purpose-driven life, and that's not everybody you meet in leadership. Right. Uh, and so, you know, no criticism. It's just a different way of leading and being. Mm -hmm. um, some people are really driven by um, ambition, um, competition, mm -hmm. profit. Mm -hmm. uh, some people are really motivated by status. You know, some people are really motivated by um, uh, just the limelight. I mean, and so, so I, I think that's maybe one of the reasons why this podcast is important is, you know, when people are starting to chase purpose, um, it's because they know that there's a limited time on earth. They know, yeah, they know that they, they have one life to live. Um, and that if this life ended, in like the next like two days, five days, 10 days, 10 years, uh, what would really be left undone that, that, that they would regret. And so I was just lucky because I had early experiences in my life um, that led me to believe that 
if, if I could do anything, I was going to live a meaningful life. And it was not, not going to be about chasing money or power or, you know, just, just doing, um, I really wanted to be here on earth for ordinary people and, and people who were struggling. And, you know, that's, that's, that was just an early discernment for me. Now, the fact that I, I, I moved on and did, did a bunch of amazing things and have run, you know, big shops. I mean, great, but you know, that's not what I set out to do. And I had no idea. I, I go on leadership panels and I, people are like, well, how did you get to where you're? I'm like, well, just kept doing a good job at whatever was handed to me. <laughs> <laughs> Usually they were rough jobs, you know, like they were tough situations that no one else really wanted to deal with, you know, and I was usually the most junior person who was present, who raised my hand, because remember, I'm proactive. So I, I would just like, <laughs> you know, instead of sinking, I would, I would swim ahead. And that's really what happened. Yeah. Well, you're so incredible. I mean, you serve such inspiration to me and to the people I know who know you. And um, I'm so grateful for our time here. And also just so thankful we have a um, you know someone like you who we can look up to as a role model and I definitely consider consider you as one of the top people that I look up to in my spiritual spiritual journey or purpose-driven life or leadership journey or whatever you call it um, because um, what I've realized is that uh, folks like folks like yourself are, are, are rare to find and I want to keep you close and if there's anything I could do to ensure that you know I, I am adding value to your mission please uh please let me know as well as those folks who are listening to the show um with that said we are about time where can people find you should they choose to connect with you through this podcast yeah so um I'm the founding dean for the Morrison Family College of Health and I am actually trying to find students who want to join us um, at the University of St. Thomas who want to live and move through a purpose-driven life. So we are trying to look for students who wanna come and change the world um, into what they want it to be. And uh, a lot more of what we're talking about today than maybe, um, uh, I'm not saying that other colleges or universities aren't, aren't great, but um, looking for students who, who have a change the world mindset. Um, so if you want to find me, you can find me at um, health.stthomas.edu. Go to the College of Health uh, website and look me up. I'm the dean, so it's, it's kind of easy to find me. There's a really big picture of me um, right there. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Uh, Michael, thank you again so much for your time. Appreciate it. And uh, folks, if you enjoyed this podcast episode, please I do encourage you to connect with uh, my cow and uh, until then um, we'll stay in touch. Great. Thank you.